31. And we're going to start a new series today. I can tell you're excited about it. I know you're turning the pages, right? Matthew 6, and we're going to start in verse 31. But this new series is going to be called First Things First. First Things First. Everybody say, First Things First. So Matthew 6, and we're going to start in verse 31 and go from there. Now, you guys are going to be responders, right? Respond to the word of God because we preach better when you respond better in Jesus' name. It says, therefore, do not worry, saying that what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33, but seek first. Everybody say first. Everybody say first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. But notice that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So if you're taking notes today, the title of this message in this series is called The Principle of First. The Principle of First. And I'm excited to preach to you this first Sunday in 2019 about first things first. So normally pastors, preachers, teachers on uh, January, they start out with a series about goals, resolutions, change which that's good, and I've done that before, and we'll probably do it again because you need change. Can I get amen? amen? Nudge your neighbor and say, you need a change. We need resolutions. We need goals, don't we? Can I get amen? We need that in our life because if we don't, we'll never uh, be all that God has called us to be. We'll never be the person we're called to be. We'll never change. We'll never grow. We'll never accomplish things if we have no goals, if we have no resolutions, if we have no change in our life. We all need to change, myself included. Unless you're Jesus Christ, you don't need to change. So that means we all need to change. We need to grow. We need to pursue some things in our life if we want to accomplish something. But Before you get to that conversation, you need to set first things first. Everybody say first things first. So we need to talk about what comes before those things and our priorities before we talk about goals and change and resolution. So first things first, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And we need to talk about our priorities in life, setting first things first. God tells us in his word to seek him first. And when we seek him first, all of these things shall be added unto us. When we seek God first, when we put him first, when we put his things first, when we put his kingdom first, all these things that we've been pursuing will be added unto us. Now, there's a divine order that happens, and the divine order is this, and it's very simple. If God is first, everything else in your life will be in order. But if God is not first, everything in your life is out of order. Come on, can I get amen in a Pentecostal church this morning? Let me say that one more time. If God is first, everything in your life will come into divine order. But if he's not first, everything in your life will be out of order. 
A lot of times people are wondering why their life is the way it is and why things are out of order. It's a real simple principle, and it's because somewhere in your life, God is not first. So if you're having marriage problems, it's not a marriage problem. It's a God first problem. If you're having financial problems, it's not a finances problem. It's a God first problem. If you're having issues physically, it's not a physical issue alone. It's a God first problem. Everything in your life is going to come in order when you put God in his rightful place in your life. So we have to get first things first. So if he is number one, then everything else will line out. But if he's not, everything else will remain out of order. That's why God says, seek me first. And notice, in all these things, what are all these things? Everything you've been trying to fix apart from him. Everything you've been trying to pursue apart from him. All the issues you're trying to fix in your life apart from him. All of that stuff would be taken care of if you just would put him first. His kingdom first. His plan first. His will first. His house first. When we put him first, it all comes in divine order. And we put God first. Now, if I ask you today and I said, do do you guys put God first? Everybody said, yeah. But do you put God first? Because that's not just a feeling. And it's not just something that you have in your mind or your heart. When I say, do you put God first? How so? Like anything else in your life, you could say you love someone. But if there's no actions to back up that love, you don't love them. Because love is not just a feeling or an emotion. Love is a verb. Shout out DC Talk, everybody. Isn't that true? There has to be corresponding actions with the love and feeling you have. Same way with God. You put God first, how so? Well, I just do. How so? In my heart. Okay, how so? Practically, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, How do you put God first in your life? Because if you can't answer that question, guess what? You don't put God first in your life. Am I getting a little bit too real in 2019 so far? So we put God first, but there has to be some actions that back up that statement. Put God first. So when God is first in our life, everything will get in order. But when he is not, nothing will be in order. When something's out of order, what does it mean? It's not working. When it's out of order, it's not working. Church family, when your life is not with God in the first place, in the center of your life, it's out of order. It's not working. You could still live. You could still have a job. You could still have a family. You could still go do stuff. But your life is not working the way that God intended it to work because he's not first. I love this principle in God's word. In the Old Testament, when God's people came out of Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea, they went into the wilderness. After they did that, they set up camp in the wilderness. And when they set up camp in the wilderness, they set up the tabernacle, which was God's house, which was God's presence. 
but they put the tabernacle in a specific place. They didn't put it on the backside of the desert. They didn't put it far away from everybody. They put the house of God, the tabernacle, in the middle. Now, they put it in the middle for a reason because God wants to be in the middle of everything in your life. He wants to be first place, not an extra addendum. You know, you got to go over way over here to think about him. He goes, no, I want to be right in the middle of my people so y'all don't forget about me. Because we all have a tendency in our life to forget about God, to forget about what's important, to forget about the house of God, to get our priorities messed up. We all have a tendency to do that. That's why in the Old Testament, God would say, remember me. Remember my house. Remember what I did for you. Remember me because we all have a tendency to drift away from the first thing. We all have a tendency to drift in our priorities in life. Even in the New Testament, it, it says to a church that was once on fire, it says, remember me, your first love, your first love. God speaking to his church, saying, remember me, because why? That church was doing good, but after a while, their priorities started to drift. Their, their focus started to drift, just like it does to all of us. After a while, if you're not careful, the first place in your life will be taken by something else other than God. So we're talking today about first things first. Now, this is uh, one of the meanings that I wrote down for first things first. And it is actually by Stephen Covey, which is a little shout out to Brother Sean since he uses Franklin Covey organizers. Stephen Covey is a business organizational leadership guy. So he says this about first things first. First things first means, you can, you can write this down if you want, it means doing the most important things in life. It means being clear, underline that, about your priorities and acting upon them. First things first means Doing the most important things in life, it also means being clear about your priorities and acting upon them. That's what first things first means. So just like God's people in the Old Testament and even the New Testament, we have a tendency to drift. I want to call this part of my message, Beware of the Drift. Because our life is kind of like a sailboat. We're out on the lake. We're going the right direction. Our priorities are straight. But what happens? Life happens. Can I get amen in the house of God? Life happens to all of us. So business, job opportunities, children, health issues, hobbies, all these things get thrown in. And so at first we were heading the right direction like a sailboat, but what happens? The winds of life start blowing us. And we don't get too far off, just a little bit. That's why we don't see it at the beginning. And we just start drifting just a little bit this way. It's not a big deal. But then out 
out just over time, if we keep drifting and keep drifting and we keep drifting, we end up on a different part of the lake that we never intended upon because we let the wind blow us and it drifted us all the way over there. But it started small. That's why we don't see it. The drift started you small. So you know what? I'm not going to read my Bible this morning. I'll do it tomorrow. Small drift. Not a big deal drift. I'll pray next week. Well, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of tired this morning. I'm not coming to church. Small, small drift. You know what? I was in life group last semester. I'm just going to give it a break because I'm a, my own pastor this semester. Uh, drift, 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 drift. And then you end up here and you go, how in the world did I get here? How did my life end up this way? How did it happen? Beware of the drift. The wind blows you and blows you and blows you. And if you're not intentional about steering the sailboat, you're not going to end up where you want to be. It's the same way with aircrafts. You know, if you left Louisville heading for Southern California and you weren't steering the plane where it needed to be, the winds are going to start blowing you. And you know what? It's not going to be a big deal at the beginning. Just a few miles off, not a big deal. But the further you go, the further off you get. And you meant to go to Southern California, and you end up in Alaska. Because you were just a few miles off, but when you keep letting it go and go and go, now you're not 100 miles, you're 1,000 miles off for where you were supposed to be. Why? Because you let the wind drift and if the pilot is not intentional about steering the plane or the sailboat where it needs to go guess what you're not going to end up where you want to be and you know what a lot of people do they end up in a place they don't want to be and they blame everyone else but themselves But the reason you are where you are today is because you took your hand off the steering wheel and you let life blow you and blow you and drift you and drift you and you ended up here because you took your hand off the steering wheel of your life because you're not intentional about what's first. Are you here this morning? So I'm going to say this at the beginning. Beware of the drift. We're all in this together, and we've all done it. And the reason that we do it, and the reason we let the drift happen, is it's easier to not steer your life. It's easier to not be organized. It's easier to not be disciplined. It's easier to not have the right priorities. It's easier to live that way, but you'll end up in the wrong place every time. The wrong part of the lake the wrong part of the world in the plane because you let the drift happen. It happens to everybody. Notice if we're not intentional, that's a key word for today. If we're not intentional about steering and guiding our life to where it's supposed to be, it will get off course just a little at the beginning. That's why we don't notice it. But the further you go, the further you will be off course. And most people live their life with their hand off the steering wheel. All right. Good first message of the year, Pastor. 
way to lift me up. You're encouraging today. I'm preaching to myself too. Most people live their life with their hand off the steering wheel. They're the captain who's not setting the course. They're the pilot who's not directing the sails. They're not taking control of their life. They're not putting first things first. Now, what is first things first again? It's doing the most important things, and it means being clear about your priorities and acting upon them. So not just making your priorities clear, but I'm actively having action and movement in that direction. Not just talking about it. I don't just have a goal list. I don't just have a priority list in my life. I'm going to look at it and make it clear, but I'm going to walk it out. And the first things first in our life needs to be God. We need to be clear about that, and we need to act upon that because that's the most important thing in this life, but in all eternity. Only what's done for Christ and his church will last. Everything else will fade away. Everything else will be forgotten. All the trophies, all the raises, all the things that happened will all be forgotten, and the only thing left will be done what's for Christ and his church. So we have to be intentional about our life or we're going to drift. So let's steer our life, and the first thing we need to do is put God first. I love this evangelist D.L. Moody, who pastored in the 1800s. Many of you know that name. He said this, Our greatest concern should not be a failure, but at succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. Can we just take the whole world and just throw that quote at him? That's their whole life. But the sad thing, even church people, that's your whole life. Oh, you got me fired up now. The greatest concern should not be a failure, but it's succeeding at things that won't matter in eternity. That won't matter in the future. That won't help people. That won't push the kingdom of God forward. That should be our greatest concern at, in this life is not a failure, but at succeeding at things that do not really matter and people all around you are consumed with things that don't really matter and if you're in this world long enough and you have enough people putting pressure on you you will be just like them and you'll start caring about things that don't really matter in light of eternity and you're trying to succeed and one up your neighbor and get the better house and get the better job and get the better clothes and you want your kid to be the athlete and the singer and the musician and you want to look good on social media and you want to take the best selfies and you want to be known in the community why do you care about succeeding at things that don't even matter don't matter in light of eternity 
in light of priorities that God is first in our life because when we seek him first, all these things that we want will be added unto us. Because most people in life really aren't failures. They're just succeeding at things that don't matter. And that's why you have to have a good pastor like myself that's going to tell you the truth and not just kiss your blessed behind on a Sunday morning. And I'm going to tell you the truth because you need to hear it because nobody else is telling you this kind of stuff. Because when you come on a Sunday morning, what happens? You get your priorities realigned to what's really important. And then your pastor has to come and speak straight to you and strong to you on a Sunday morning. So you wake up and see you haven't been putting first things first. And your life is out of order. And it's not working. That's what happens when you come to the house of God. Because you've been feeding on the wrong things all week. It just happens living in this world. And somebody has to get up and say, no, 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 that's not the truth. The truth is God's word. The truth is God's will. The truth is God should be first. God's house should be first. God should be first in your life. Your relationship with God should be first. Your relationship with other people who are like-minded in faith should be first. And you get your priorities realigned to God's best. First things First, it means putting the things back into place. What's really important in life, being clear about your priorities and acting upon them. I tell you what, I don't want to succeed at things that don't matter. I want to succeed at things that have eternal impact that matter in eternity, that live on beyond my life in my family, things that really matter. And we live in such a temporal world, it's easy to forget about eternal things. Even though we're all getting closer to it every day, we're just ignoring that. We're all scooting closer to eternity every day, and one day it's going to be over, and then realize, oh, I only had one life to use. What did I do with it? Did I succeed at the things that mattered or that didn't really matter? Because trust me, when you get to eternity, we'll all see it clearly then. What was really important? What really mattered? And we got to put first things first. I see this all throughout the Bible, the principle of first. The principle of first starts in the Garden of Eden. God said, you can have everything here, but this tree, this tree is first. You can't have it. Of course, like most human beings like us, what did they do? They had millions of trees, and they went to the one that belonged to God. Said, you know what? I realize there's millions of trees here I could choose from. He said, don't touch this one because it's first. And then they ate from the tree. But the principle of first was in the Garden of Eden. We see all throughout the Old Testament, you will see this word come up because God doesn't want to be second to anything in your life. 
God wants to be first and he deserves to be first. And notice when he's first, he's not saying it because he's an insecure God. He's not saying it because he's afraid of other things taking the place of him. He's saying that because he knows if he's first, you will be a better husband. You will be a better father. You will be a better better mother. You will be a better employee. You will be a better person. If you put him first, everything else in your life will line out and be the way it's supposed to be. So he's not saying it because he's insecure. You better put me first. It's not like that. It's because he knows what's best for you, and what's best for you is putting him first. That's what's best for you. Because your life will come into divine order. So we see in the Old Testament, he would say, give me the first of your crops. Now, we don't live in really an agriculture world like they did then, but back then, this is all they had. This was their resources of that day. Give me the first of your crops. Give me the first of your herds. Give me the first of your born. Give me your first day. Give me your first month. Give me your first year. There's a principle there. In putting God first in our practical daily actions. Because once again, it's easy to say, well, we put you first, God. God would say, okay, well, give me your firstborn son. We'll put you first, God. He goes, okay, well, give me the first of your crops. Give me the first of your herds. Oh, we put you first, God. He goes, well, okay, well, give me the first day of your week to worship me. Give me your first month. Give me your first year. Why? Because it has to be in our actions, too, if he's really a first. And God says, put me first because it's what's best for you. The Ten Commandments that we read, you know what the first commandment is? To keep him first. The first commandment is, there shall be no other gods before me. Once again, why does he say that? Is he jealous? Is he insecure? No, he knows if you serve other gods that are not him, you're going to be disappointed. Your life's going to go the wrong direction. You're not going to be the person you were called to be. So he says, don't put other gods before me. Let me be your one and only God and let me be first because I care about you and your life. So the first commandment and the Ten Commandments is put him first. No other gods before me. We see... When Jesus came on the scene, who is God? He told the people around him, the disciples, the early believers, he said, there's two commandments. Let me just sum up all the Old Testament. He came and said, and guess what the first one is? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. That was the first commandment Jesus came and gave. The first commandment he gave was to put God first. I would say when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, that's putting him first, isn't it? And notice he said when you do that, everything else flows out of that. Because you got your priorities right again. You put first things first. You guys get something so far today. 
Let's look back at Matthew 6, 33. In the Amplified Version. I love this. It says, but first, and notice what it says, and most importantly, seek. Because first things first is about putting the most important things as a priority. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom, his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. The attitude and the character of God in all these things will be given to you also. Notice that, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom, his righteousness, Look at the bottom. It says, and all these things will be given to you also. The context of this passage is Jesus was talking about people being worried about the essentials of life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Isn't that the three questions that we ask all day, every day? Still all these years later. We wake up, and the first thing we think is, what am I going to drink? Coffee. (laughs) Right? Immediately. Or somebody is not going to like what they see. I need coffee first before we even talk about anything else. What are we going to drink? And then we think about what are we going to eat? Now, the next thing you're thinking about, what you're going to eat, what you're going to eat for breakfast. Or if you're not a breakfast person like me, you're thinking, what am I going to eat for lunch? I'm just dreaming about it already. Four hours later, I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat. And then the next thing you think is, what am I going to wear? Three essential questions that we think we're so far advanced compared to the times that Jesus were. No, we're not. We're 2,000 years later, and we still care about the same exact stuff. Eat, drink, wear. We sound like cavemen over here. Eat, drink, wear. (laughs) That's how simple we are as human beings. If we get fed and we have clothes and we sleep, we're okay. So the context of this verse that we just read is God says, Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't make it a priority. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear because I take care of this whole planet even though they're not you. And you're the prize of my creation as human beings. He says, so don't worry about it. All you need to be concerned about is seek first the kingdom of God. Come on now, somebody. And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first him and his kingdom. And all these things that you're worried about at nighttime, you're worried about your family, you're worried about your future, you're worried about your retirement, you're worried about your kids, seek him first and all these things. Things Come on, that's a promise to you this morning. And all these things will be added unto you when you put him first. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding this Sunday morning. All these things will be added unto you. That's why I don't think it's okay when we skip 
church for work. Did I say that on a Sunday morning? Yes, I did. I don't think it's okay when we skip church for school activity. I don't think it's okay. I know it's going to happen every once in a while. That's okay. But when we make that a priority, why? God just said here, don't worry about what you're going to eat, your career, or you're going to drink, or you're going to have to pay your bills. Don't worry about that. Seek me first. That's your faith. That's your faith. That means you really believe him that, oh, I'm not going to take that extra job or that, those extra hours because I'm going to put him first and I'm going to believe that he's going to add all these things to me. Either you believe it or you don't believe it. First things first. So I don't agree with that because God says if you put me first, all these things, your clothes, your kids' school, your eating, your drinking, your house payment, all this. Don't worry about that. But seek first the kingdom, and I'll add all these things with it. That's your faith when you put him first. Let's look at what the Living Bible says. I love this. And he will give them to you if you give him first place. I love that. What is he talking about? Them. All those things. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. All these things. That's a promise. That's not just like Jesus is just throwing out words. He's not just talking preacher talk. You know how preachers talk. They say things to get people excited and it's really kind of half true, half not true. You see them a lot on TV. Like, you go get out of debt. You go get a Bentley. You go to, like, you don't know those people. You can't say stuff like that. You're just trying to get people hyped up so you can get some money in your pocket. That's preacher talk. Jesus is not just saying preacher talk. He means what he says. And that's a promise from his word. If you put me, what does it say? First place in your life. I will give you all these things you've been wanting, you've been seeking after, you've been desiring after, if you get your priorities straight and put me first. Come on, are you getting something this morning? I can't tell whether you're excited, sleepy, or mad at me at the moment. Which one? Let's vote for excited. Everybody want to vote for excited? Okay, we'll notify your face also. (laughs) Not just your hands, your face also. He says, if you give me first place, I'll give it all to you. So we're going to get real practical here. And the rest of this message, I want to share about a few things that pertain to you. So when we say that, God, we want to give you first place in our life, there's really three areas that we all deal with. I wrote it down like this. God's gift to us is our time, is our talent, is our treasure. But our gift to God is what we do with our time, our talent, and our treasure. And the first thing I want to talk about today, and this is what we're going to talk about the rest of this message, is putting God first in our time. 
And really, time is the most valuable resource you have. You only get one life. You only get one shot. And then it's over. You don't come back as a butterfly, a kitten, or a zebra. You don't come back as your Aunt Ninny or your Uncle Joe. No, you only get one shot on this planet. And you have a finite amount of time on this planet that you will never get back. It's your most valuable resource. And so if we don't use it wisely, we can never get it back. So once again, the things that God gives us is our time, our talent, and our treasure. But our gift back to God is what we do with our time, our talent, and our treasure. So we're going to talk about how do I put God first in my time? Well, we see the principle that we put God first in our year. That's why we're here on a Sunday morning, the first Sunday of January of the new year, and I'm going to give you something in a moment to maybe give you some practical steps to do that. We put God first in our month, but we also put God first in our week. Let's get a verse up there, Acts 20 and verse 7. Acts 20 and verse 7, it says, On the first day of the week, we gathered with local believers to share in the Lord's Supper, and Paul was preaching to them, And since he was leaving the next day, now listen, you thought I preached a long message. He kept talking until midnight. I don't want to ever hear any comments about a long-winded preacher at Church on the Rock. He started preaching and he preached till midnight because he had to go somewhere the next day. I mean, we're going from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock and sometimes shorter, two hours. Most Sundays, an hour and a half. Paul preached at midnight. But notice the principle of first. On the first day of the week, we gathered with local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. And, of course, we know they gathered also to hear the Apostle Paul preach. So first in your year, first in your month, first in your week, first in your day. But I'm going to talk first about First of your week. We see that in the Old Testament, the Sabbath day or the day of worship was Saturday. That's the Jewish way of doing things. It was the last day of the week. Sunday in the Jewish calendar is the first day of the week. But we see something happened after Jesus came and rose from the dead. Since Jesus rose on the first day, which is Sunday, The early believers started meeting on Sunday instead of Saturday. That's why we still meet on Sunday. Because there's a principle there. Jesus rose on the first day, and it's the first day of the week in the Jewish calendar. So we put God first by giving him the first of our week, which is coming to the house of God on Sunday. Now, I'm not being legalistic and weird about this because we know God can show up any day of the week he wants to. But once again, there's a principle. The principle of first. Start your week with God on the first day, on Sunday. 
just like the early believers did. And so the early believers met on Sunday, which is the first day of the Jewish week, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And it should be a priority to you. Now, you ready for this? We're about to step into some toe-stepping territory. You ready for this? Come on, say amen to this. Y'all liked me for the past three years. I don't know about year four. I'm getting a little more freedom on me. So the first day, there's a principle, principle first. Start your week with God. Start your week with God. How many would agree with this? When you come to church on Sunday morning and start your week with God, your week goes better than you not being here. No, Pastor, I don't agree with that. Okay, you're lying. It's true. It's a principle. Start your week with God. Start your year with God. Start your month with God. Start your day with God. Your day, your week, your month, your year, your life will go better. Why? Because it's a principle, principle of first. It's about priorities. It's about putting first things first. Okay, I need to take off my coat for this. Could you hold this? You guys are so nervous. I'm not going to hit anybody with it. I'm just overheating up here. I'm, I get too hot preaching, and I'm about to really preach, so I had to take it off. So I apologize if there's sweat on my armpits and everything else. Just forgive me. I put deodorant on. The principle first. Now, you still here from the front to the back. You, you promise. So we put God first in our year, our month, our week, our day, but practically our week. First day, start your week with God. It should be your greatest priority in the week. To be in the house of God should be your greatest priority in the week. Not just because I'm the preacher and I'm saying that because your Bible says that. Your Bible says to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It should be a priority to you. It should be the most important thing that you do all week is be in the house of God. There's a principle first there. When you put God first on Sunday, the rest of your week is going to go different. Just like when you put him first in your day, in your month, in your year. All right. The past 10 or 15 years, there's been studies done with the American church. And the American church has seen in the past 10 or 15 years a great decline in church attendance on the weekends. And the decline has not been so much with new people. It's been with people that used to be committed that don't come like they used to. And there's, there's a lot of reasons for that. If you read some of the articles, some of the reasons are they say that, you know, Americans are more wealthy than they used to be, so they have more opportunities. So now on the weekends, they can take more trips. They can do more vacations. They can go to the boat on the weekends. They can do more things because they have more money. Nothing's wrong with trips and vacations. I'm not saying that. But when that's your lifestyle, where's your priorities? What's first? 
Also, they've talked about because of the rise of club teams, whether that be with sports or whether that be with uh, children who want to do music or other things, that has been a new thing in America that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there wasn't any such thing as those events happening on the weekend. But now you have little Johnny in five club teams that meet Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you worship at the altar of basketball. Or you have your, your kid in ballet, and so all their events are now are Friday, Saturday, Sunday events, and you worship at the altar of ballet. Too honest on a Sunday morning. I just got to say it how it is. Now, now, hear my heart. I'm not legalistic in what I'm saying here. It's okay to miss church for certain things like that, but I'm saying when it's a lifestyle, when it's your priority, when it's what you care about, that's the problem. Because why do you care about succeeding at things that don't? Matter. All right. So let me continue this. Because we're talking about there's a principle first. You put God first in your week. It should be your priority. First things first. Once again, there's exceptions. But the principle should be there. And so there's a trend that's going on, especially in the United States, it's proven the past 10 or 15 years, people that used to be there all the time sometimes only come once a month, twice a month. When they used to be there several times a week. That's a problem. And we could try to make whatever excuse we want for it, with the cultures changing and the world is changing. But we as a church family and Church on the Rock, we're not going with the trends. You could call it, I have different things to do and I'm busy and I got different priorities right now. It's called your backslidden. Oh, you ain't amen it now. No, it's called your backslidden. Your priorities are out of whack. Your priorities have gone off track. You have drifted so far away when you used to be at four services a week at Church on the Rock, and you can only make a couple times a Sunday because of what? Y'all don't want me to be real. Your priorities have drifted. Beware of the drift. I don't know what you tell yourself, but you've drifted, and you've drifted back. Which is not God's will. And somewhere along the lines, our careers, our kids, our hobbies have become our God and our first thing in our life. And it's not right. Is your pastor saying this this morning? Yes, I am. Because that's what the Bible says. It's not right. And it's not God. And you backslidden. And a lot of you don't even see it. Because we've all been there. We've all drifted, drifted, drifted. We make excuses for it. We, we get offended at people at church. We make up stuff in our own head. We give excuses why we can't be there. I got to be at my job. I got to take my kid here. What's first? What's your priority? 
The principle of first should be in your life, and that says, I'm going to put God first in my year, in my month, in my week, and in my day. I love you. That's why I'm talking to you this way. I'm not mad at anybody in here. There's no condemnation. It's called conviction if you feel uncomfortable right now. That's the Holy Spirit saying, that's you. That's why you feel uncomfortable. That's what conviction is. And it's not to condemn you. It's to say, you're better than this. You can change. Why did you backslide? You could turn it around. Put your priorities back where they need to be. Put first things first again. You used to be an on-fire believer. Now you sit on the back row. Why? I'm going to another church. I don't like Pastor Jordan anymore. I'm saving some lives this morning if you're listening to what I'm saying. I am saving some lives by what I'm saying today because I love you so much, I'm telling you the truth. First in your week should be your greatest priority. Should be the thing you look forward to the most, the house of God. It's a principle. You put him first. So if you blow off church all the time, don't say you put God first because you don't. If you blow off your life group all the time, you don't put God first. It's not true. Because if we do, our actions will align with our priorities. That's what's important. Are you guys still here? Does anyone still love me? I love you. That's why I'm telling you the truth today. And I'm concerned. That's why I'm talking this way. Because I want your life to be the way it needs to be. I want you to get in divine order and seek him first. Look at this verse, Hebrews 10 and verse 24. You guys know it. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do. But encourage one another. That's what I'm doing this morning. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The book of Hebrews, the writer says, don't neglect meeting together as some people do. Because how I many you know when he wrote this, he knew in the future some people are going to start doing this and making excuses for it. Because you can't get certain things by yourself. You can't receive certain things from God by yourself. You need the assembly, the meeting together, the local church, the community. You can't get that by yourself, and you need that. And this verse says something that's different than the culture again. It says, don't neglect meeting together, but as we get closer to Jesus coming back, meet more, not less. So it says the closer we get to Jesus coming back, which we're living right there, we should be having more services, more life groups, more get-togethers, more healing conferences, more worship services, more prayer times, more meeting together as we get closer, not less. But once again, what I say, the trend in the United States is people go to church less and less and less. 
But notice, just because it's a trend, it's not right. <laughs> it's called you're backslidden and your priorities are wrong. Well, we want Dr. Jacobs back. <laughs> Come on, that was nothing compared to Dr. Jacobs. <laughs> Isn't that right? I'm just being a real pastor on a Sunday morning because I love you. Church on the Rock, we're not going with the trend. We're starting a new trend. We're going to be like the church in the Bible that had revival, that had the Holy Spirit, that had outpouring, that had healings and miracles and gifts, that didn't start cutting off service after service and service, and I'm just barely here a month, and just be thankful I'm here. No! Be thankful you're here. Be thankful you have a church to come to that's on fire, that preaches the word, that loves the Holy Spirit, that loves you, that's trying to help you and your family. Don't give me this. You should be thankful I'm there a month. Who are you? Come on now. Our priority should be, I'm just thankful to be here. I don't know about you. I'm the pastor, but I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful we have a church and we have a life groups and we have the quarry and we have the kids on the rock and we have an awesome worship team and we have all of you here. I'm thankful to be here. I'm not just like, you should be thankful I'm here. No, this is the greatest thing that I get to do with my entire week is to be here on a Sunday morning. This is the highlight of my week. This is the priority. This is what I live for all week. Good for you, pastor. You're the pastor. You're supposed to say that. You should feel the same way. Not because of me, but because of what God is doing in this church and in your life and in the worship and in the preaching and what God has done to help your life in this community. Woo! Some of you have forgotten. You got your healing here. You got your miracles here. You got your family restored here. You got delivered here, and you used to be suicidal and depressed. You got the word preached to you here. You got out of depression and into faith here, not just through me or my dad or somebody else, but through what God was doing here. And wake up. Not every church is like this. Wake up and smell the Holy Ghost coffee. Not every church is like this and preaching this and the Holy Spirit's here like this. I'm not saying we're better than anybody, but I know what we have here. Come on, if you got a good steak, you got to talk about it. We're not Golden Corral. We're Ruth Chris around here. It's good eating. I preach myself happy. It's a principle. Put him first in your year. Put him first in your month. Put him first in your week. Now, once again, I'm not, if, if you go to a Saturday night service, if we have that one day, it's not like God's not going to show up on Saturday night. It's the principle. Put him first. Make it a priority. Start your week with God. Last thing I want to talk about as we close is start your day 
with God. First in your time. I preached myself to New Albany and California and back. Ephesians 5 and verse 16. I love this verse. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Can I tell you what I feel like this verse means? When we live our life for ourselves and we put other things first, we waste our time. But when you put God first, you redeem your time. When we get our priorities lined out, God starts redeeming our time. We get more accomplished. We get more done at work. We get more done at home. We accomplish more in our life. We grow spiritually more. We get things lined out. Why? Because when we put God first, we don't waste our time. God does something supernatural. He redeems our time. And this is a challenge to this church in Ephesus. It says, redeem the time because the days are evil. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. You see that on the news 24-7. We know that we're living in a world full of evil. We see it daily. So how do you live in a day like that? You put God first and let him redeem your time. Why? Because there should be an urgency on the inside of you that something has to be done now. We're not going to live here forever. We're not going to get this opportunity forever. We're all not going to be this age forever. We're all not going to get this same time frame that we have right now forever. So we have to redeem the time because the days are evil. And we redeem it by putting God first in our time, in our year, in our month, in our day, and in our week. So first in your day. I'm not a morning person. Can I get amen in the house of God for anybody else here? I mean, I'm not one of those grouchy people in the morning that just doesn't talk like Bruce. Um, sorry. Did I say that out loud? I think I did. He's got his hood up for at least an hour in the morning. Um, but I'm not a morning person. Like, I don't just jump out of bed like, hi, how are you doing? I get up, I'm cordial to people, but I need my coffee first, amen? And then once I have drank my coffee, then let's talk, let's communicate. But I'm not grumpy, so I would say for my life, what would work best for me is I can't give God my first, technically, 15 minutes of my day, only because... I don't want to give him my scraps. <laughs> I'm like, God, you're grumpy. I'm grumpy right now. This is probably, no, he's not grumpy. But <laughs> this is probably not going to be a good, good conversation. Let me get some coffee, then I'll come back. 30 minutes, an hour, we'll talk again. But there's a principle that we should give God. I don't know, some people are more nighttime people. Some people are more middle-of-the-day people. But there is a principle, and I, and, and I encourage you to study throughout the day or at nighttime. But there is a principle before you go to work, before you go to school, before you handle the kids, maybe while you're handling the kids, you need to start your day with God. 
Now, we did this a few years back, and it was called the First 15 Challenge. And we're going to do it again this year. So I want to tell you a little bit about it. And ushers, do you have those? Because we're going to hand them out to everyone. It's a little booklet we made called the First 15 Challenge to help you out practically to start your day with God. So could you just raise your hand if you need one of those? All the ushers have them. And we're going to hand those out to you. It's called the First 15 Challenge. Real simple. It's about starting your day with God. Mr. Chris, can I get one real quick? Thank you. So, we, um, we did this a few years back, but I wanted to bring it back again because it's real helpful to, to give you something practically. How do you put God first in your day? Some, some of you already have a good plan or habits, which is great, but this is something for all of us to do together. Real simple. First 15 challenge. Every day, now there's 21 pages because it says 21 days to form a habit. And how many know we all need good habits for 2019? So 21 days to form a habit. So this is all it is, first 15 challenge. When you wake up, first thing you do, or for me, first thing after I drink coffee, wake up, then do. This is what we want you to do daily. Open this up, and I want you to do three things. 15 minutes. Do you have 15 minutes for God? I mean, you have three hours for Netflix at night. Do you have 15 hours for God in the morning? I mean, come on now, somebody. Um, sorry, did I say that? Three things. Worship, prayer, word. Worship, prayer, word. Everybody say it. Worship, prayer, word. So we're all going to do this together. Next 21 days, we start out. Open your journal to page one. And for five minutes, everybody said five minutes. Can you do it for five minutes? Is that easy? Five minutes, we're going to start with worship. Why? Because we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So for five minutes, once you wake up, for me, once I've had my coffee and wake up, I'm going to praise God for five minutes. If you can't do it by yourself, because some of you need some musical help to praise God, find an elevation song or a hill song or Bethel song that's five minutes long, and just press play and worship with it. Five minutes is that easy. Or just take five minutes and just thank God. Start listening in your car on the way to work. This is what I can do in the morning, driving my truck. God, I thank you that I'm alive today. God, I thank you that I'm healthy and strong today. God, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my church. I thank you for money. I thank you for a house that I have. God, I thank you for, just start thanking him. That's worship. That's praise. That's thanksgiving. So five minutes, worship God. We start there. That's a good place. Then worship, then we pray. After we worship, we pray. Pray about what's ever on your heart. You know, you could even write this out and pray about different things different days. Can you pray for five minutes? Man, can a pastor challenge you to pray for five minutes? 
Five minutes of worship, five minutes of pray. Just pray. Whatever on your heart, talk to God about it. Five minutes. Then lastly, the word. You need the word. You need to get into your Bible to be spiritually strong. I encourage you guys, and I've said this a bunch of times before, there's so many translations. There's hundreds of them. You can find one that you understand. Five minutes in your Bible. Read. It's not about the amount you read. It's the time you spend in his word. It could be one verse that you meditate on. It could be one thought that you think about. But get into the word of God. So this is something I just wanted to give you because it's one thing to say, put God first in your day, but we're going to give you some practical steps and ways to do it. It's easy. And this is what I'm hoping happens for all of us in here is we do this together for 21 days, worship, prayer, word, and then we keep doing it because it's our new habit. And then we start adding time because we like it. And we enjoy spending time with God. That's how easy it is to grow in your relationship with God. But you got to start somewhere, and I think this is a good place to start. 15 minutes. First 15 challenge. So can we do that together? I take up the challenge to do this together as a church family. First 15 challenge. I'm excited about it. Well, could you stand up with me for a moment? Thank you, Father.